Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, fam. Welcome back to the pod. How we all feeling? Guys, we got a great episode today. I'm super excited to welcome these two guests. They are uh, two entrepreneurs who have been on my radar for a very long time. They've got a super cool brand and some of you might have heard of them. Uh, they go by Dubstep FBI and they also have their brand Filthy Bee Inspectors. Today we are chatting with the two co-founders. We have Chrissy Vesa and Yessi Vizcaya um, who are located in Denver, obviously the base capital of the United States. And we're going to talk a little bit about how they built their platform. So they focus on music discovery, obviously in the Dubstep scene, but in the wider bass music scene as well. Um, They discover incredible artists. They love lifting up up up-and-coming artists and they create a really positive impact for the scene. So we're going to be chatting with the ladies today all about how they got their start uh, as well as diving into bass music. We're going to talk about the scene, where they think we're at right now. We're going to get some artist recommendations for you, talk about festivals, all that stuff. So if you guys love dubstep, if you love bass music, this episode is going to be for you. But before we go any further, I got to do a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Loop Earplugs. So these are my favorite high fidelity earplugs to wear to festivals and to shows. So I love to use Loop's experience earplugs which reduce noise levels by 18 decibels so they feature this patent acoustic channel that filters the sound so it does not muffle the sound it doesn't block anything out you still get clear quality at your shows you can still hear the bass music and the house music but it protects your hearing from permanent damage or tinnitus which is the ringing in your ear so the experience ones again reduce noise levels by 18 decibels they come with four different interchangeable um, tips depending on the size of your ear They will not budge. They are shuffle proof. They are headbang proof. They will stay in your ear and will not move and they're super comfortable. Uh, They also have four colors to choose from so you guys can pick the style you like best. Uh, You can save now through April 23rd using code LOOPXMAK15. That is LOOPXMAK15. That will get you 15% off any of Loop's um, earplugs. They have a variety of different styles depending on what your activities are. So definitely check them out. Head over to their website. Everything will be linked down below and save money on getting your own hearing protection from Loop Earplugs. All right, fam, with all that being said, I want to dive into this interview today with Chrissy and Yessi from Dubstep FBI. Super excited to have them on. Please go show them some love and support. Uh, all of their links playlists, social media, all that stuff will be linked down below. Um, So go ahead and give them a follow, check them out, and join me in welcoming them to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. Today, I am super excited to welcome two badass entrepreneurs and dance music lovers who (laughs) co-founded two brands, Dubstep FBI and Filthy Beat Inspectors, which are platforms dedicated to music discovery, um, elevating artists and upcoming talent, and creating a positive impact in our community. I'm super excited to share their story today and learn a little bit more about what they've got going on this year. Uh, So let's give a warm welcome to Chrissy and Yessi of Dubstep FBI. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. I forgot to ask you guys from the beginning, but where are you joining us from today? Oh, the Mile High City. We are here in the base capital. 
Yes. Nice. Nice. Uh, Chrissy, I know we connected recently and I was saying before that I figured we would see each other again soon, but I've been very familiar with your brand and your platform for a while now, and it's taken too long for this connection to happen, but I'm super excited to have you guys here. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been following you for a long time. So super honored to be here Mm -hmm. and on the show with you. So my gosh, really really excited. (laughs) When we first started Dubs of FBI in like 2020, I feel like I always saw you on TikTok. You were like always the person setting the trends, I feel like. So it's an honor for us to be your guests. Hell yes. Well, I know you guys have a lot going on. I mean, obviously between the different brands that you're doing, podcasts, like you just had a very busy Miami Music Week. Like it, there's a lot to kind of unpack here. So I just yeah. get started. <laughs> Figured we could kind of talk like your backgrounds and origin stories. Um, and then like want to dive into music with you, of course. But um you mentioned where you're based out of, but could each of you just give us a little bit of background, like where you're from, how you got into the scene, um, maybe favorite artists right now, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, take it away. Well, um, I'm from San Diego. And so I moved out here to Colorado in 2014 to go to CSU. And essentially I went out there for computer science, but I absolutely despised it. Nice. (laughs) So I went into (laughs) business management and basically graduated in 2018. And that's how I met Chrissy. We met after graduation. Chrissy graduated in 2017. Um, but I had planned a girl's trip to Tomorrowland and Chrissy and I had a mutual friend, Daniela. And so I was planning a trip to Tomorrowland with Daniela and Daniela invited Chrissy. And so that's how Chrissy and I just became best friends and nice. essentially the rest is history. So mm-hmm. now her and I are based out of here in Denver. We literally live like five minutes from each other. So that's awesome. <laughs> Oh, Tomorrowland. Yeah. We got to talk about Tomorrowland later. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we met. And then, you know, for me, I grew up here in Denver. I'm a Denver native. And so in high school, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years ago, there were always Red Rock shows. Like every weekend in the summer, there were EDM shows and I was always going to those. And so that's kind of how I first got my start in EDM. Mm-hmm. And um, I had always had a background in journalism and I loved like being on yearbook and stuff like that in high school. So I went to Colorado State for journalism. And when I graduated, I had this idea to combine my love for writing and reporting with my love for EDM. Like I knew something was there. I didn't know, you know, if I would found a, a publication or if it was just going to be a SoundCloud page. And I had a bunch of friends who were dropping mixes and doing cool stuff like that. So I just wanted to create a platform and a brand where they could have their stuff showcased. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like really scared to start it. And so Yessie was the one who was like, let's do this together. Like, I'll help you run the socials. We got this. And that really like kind of empowered the whole project. And we started it in January of 2020. And then COVID hit and we kind of just launched after that. Damn. Yeah. The timing we- <laughs> the, the timing of everything is super interesting. How did that yeah. impact you guys getting started in 2020? Dude, COVID was like a blessing in disguise for us because at first it was the live stream thing, right? So mm-hmm. we were just kind of like, oh, let's go live on Insta and like I'll be dancing around while Oreo right. plays the set <laughs> on Instagram live. And we got like a ton of views on that. So then we moved over to Twitch and those started blowing up. So those were getting like a hundred average viewers and stuff during COVID. And that's nice. really like, that's how it kind of worked in our favor. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. And, and you no one like knew who we time. were. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, but you got to start yeah. somewhere before yeah. before you got to get everywhere. And did you start on um, like, were you focusing on a couple different platforms at the same time, like getting everything off the ground running? Honestly, it was just like, yeah, we launched like our little website at first. And then really what we first launched was our SoundCloud mix series, the Riot Control radio series. So Sick, yep. We have like 70 episodes, I think, already with that. I don't even 70. know. I lost track. Yeah, <laughs> 70 or 75, I think. So, yeah, something Holy like that. Crap. But we first launched that and then we, it was just to have our friends on it. And then mm-hmm. we slowly like started discovering more underground bass artists and we just started putting on more and more artists and then it just slowly started to grow. And like Lays, for example, we discovered Lays before she became who she is, like, mm-hmm. She was just this girl out of Maryland. And I thought, oh, she like plays some really badass dubstep music and sets. Like, let's have her on a live stream. So she played a live stream for us back in like April 2020. And yeah, so it was like SoundCloud. And then we started doing like Spotify playlists. So we have like the dubstep slappers, the Mm DMV detectives, melodic investigations. So we first start off with the dubstep slappers, but then slowly start to expand to other genres of EDM instead of focusing just on dubstep. Mm -hmm. But like nice. everything just kind of started happening slowly, but surely we were just like meeting weekly and just watching our analytics, keeping track of our growth and keeping track of the small wins and just constantly coming up with ideas and things that we should do to co- continue mm-hmm. helping artists reach their supporters, essentially. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so interesting <laughs> to hear because like obviously it's it's an interesting time to talk to you guys now, but I feel like sometimes when people like discover a a page or something, they have no idea. Like it's never an overnight success or anything like that. Mm -hmm. There's like years and years behind it and like tons of grinding and work. And we all know like how much work it is to run like even one social media page. So (laughs) it's like, it's so fascinating (laughs) to me to hear how you go from like one thing to now it's like, okay. And we have a podcast and we have merch and we do live. It's like you built up to that. It didn't happen overnight. Exactly. And like the bottom line is that we're just doing things that feel right. Like we just find artists who are making cool songs and we we hit them up and say, hey, do you want to be on a mix? Or like, like at first we were really scared to start the podcast because mm-hmm. I mean, starting a podcast, like that's kind of intimidating. Who knows how to do mics right. and all of that? Like no one knows. So like editing, was, yeah, yeah, editing, yeah. you know, all of that. But now it's turned into something where we've had guests like freaking mode step and Marotta. And it's just never, I, I never thought we would be like the dubs of FBI. Like I never thought it would be a thing, you know? That's so cool. So just follow your heart. You know, you never know what could happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm such a big like <laughs> proponent of that as well, because I think like obviously social media has pros and cons to it and there are like a ton of negative things around it. But I've also seen just the positive impacts and like it can give you a career or like it, the connections and things that can happen mm-hmm. just from like having the courage to start posting. And that's why I encourage people to start new pages as well, because like same thing, you literally have no idea where it could land you eventually and it's you guys are just doing what you love and sharing music and yeah cool opportunities like we we never would have gotten to go to ultra two weeks ago if we didn't right yeah like we wouldn't be sitting here today it's crazy and is this your full-time jobs now no unfortunately no (laughs) you're like no (laughs) no don't pay the bills sister (laughs) if i feel that So, so what are you guys doing so like my favorite saying is make your living during the day build your wealth at night and Love so, her, yeah, I mean, her and I, Chrissy works at Colorado School of Mines. Uh, I work at Blazy Susan. I don't know if you've seen like the pink and purple rolling papers and like it's in a smoking mm. accessory brand. So, 
I do sales for them, um, but I just started working for them in January. Mm -hmm. And then I was working in software sales before that. And then sadly, I experienced tech layoffs like Mm -hmm. a lot of people did in October of last year. So it was not going to lie. It was kind of nice to have a little break from the nine to five grind Mm -hmm. and be able to focus on myself and my health and kind of just take a break from that because Chrissy and I, we were, we were running welcome records where we have our consulting firm on the side as well called millennial momentum, where we do artist management, uh, consulting, social media, marketing, and all of that. So we're running that, which we still do to this day, but the welcome records label was a lot to handle at that time. And Mm -hmm. we're just handling, handling a lot of side gigs on top of our full-time jobs. Wow. But yeah, honestly, I feel like we're at a point where we have really good, we have really good routines. Like we know how to balance our full-time jobs and our side businesses and also, you know, be able to work on ourselves and not Mm -hmm. drive ourselves too crazy with like, yeah, yeah. you know, have me me time in there somewhere. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was driving myself crazy with all the Miami stuff. Not gonna lie. Jeez. Oh my God. Well, how, how have you found being, cause I struggle with this still. And I know it's like a constant work in progress, but how do you manage the projects that you take on and like being able to say no to things as well, just so that you can focus on like your primary, primary projects? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's like you have to take on projects that you really love and care about, you know, like mm-hmm. with the artists that we manage, yeah, it's extra work, but their music, like we love their music. We bump it in our free time and stuff like that. So making sure that you're taking on projects that really feed your soul. Cause let's be real. Like no one's making any money. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> so that, and then also I think like we're big gym rats, mostly because our business partner is a bodybuilder. So we're nice. like trying to keep up with him. But when I see Yessie go to the gym, I'm like, oh, I need to go to the gym today. Or like, you know, when I was feeling really down and depressed a month ago, her and my business partner, Joe, they surprised me with a self-care box with like a really awesome book and a blanket mm-hmm. and like candles and stuff. So just That's like awesome. It's part of it is on us, but part of it is also on your friends for like speaking up when they see that there's something wrong with you, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Honestly, just having a a support group that understands you, but it's also like there for you. Like it, it's easy. It's easier said than done finding that type of group. I just feel like you are what you attract. So I know mm-hmm. for me personally, I really wanted to find a group that had that go-getter mentality, that hustler mentality that wanted mm-hmm. something better for themselves and wasn't complacent with their life and wanted something more out of their life. And yep. I feel like that's how I attracted someone like Chrissy and someone like Joe, our business partner. So I feel like I've been able to live such a fulfilled and amazing life because of them. And mm-hmm. like, you know, when it comes to like prioritizing my well-being and everything, like just focusing one thing at a time, honestly, I just mm-hmm. need to like learn to just, if I'm feeling stressed, stop what I'm doing, go for a walk, mm-hmm. go listen to some good music, just like step away from everything, listen to a podcast, like just, just stop take a deep breath, you know, and then just like write a to-do list of like all the things that I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't get through my whole list, at least I know that I got a couple of things done. So I need to celebrate those small wins, even mm-hmm. if I didn't get everything done. Right. So like I need to learn, I've learned to like set boundaries for myself to just stop, even though like I have a whole list and things mm-hmm. I still need to do instead of me dreading it and being like, Oh my God, I have all this to do tomorrow. And I blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what? Everything is figure outable. Yes. <laughs> There's a book mm-hmm. out there that's called Everything is Figure Outable. It's one of my favorite books. <laughs> and that. literally, I just tell myself, everything is figure outable. <laughs> you got mm-hmm. this. You can do this. Like yeah. just go, yeah. go to the gym, 
go rest. And then sometimes I'll come back and I'll feel pumped up again. And even though it's like 8 PM, I'm like, all right, I'm going to work the next 30 minutes real quick, just to crank out Mm -hmm. a couple of things, a couple of podcast edits that I have to do. And then, you know, call it a night. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. I'm so glad we, this like brought us together already. Cause <laughs> this is why I love doing it. Cause you connect with people who are like-minded and like you got, mm-hmm. you guys are fucking hustling and killing it with everything that you're doing. And it's just really cool. Like you said, to connect with other people who are like so driven by their passions. Cause like you said, it, it is really hard to make money really hard to like even get to the level where you can make a living off mm-hmm. of doing like content creation and building like social media platforms. So like I don't think people realize like really how passionate you have to be about it to like dedicate the amount of hours that you guys are are dedicating to it. But like we said, there's really fun things that come out of it too. So totally. what's like, if if you had to pick, like what would be like your favorite thing? Is it like the playlist that you put together, the interviews? Honestly, like my favorite thing is just being backstage with my artists when they're playing. Like recently the Thai guys and so we had three of our artists on our hard dance roster play wasteland last month or the month before and like just going and tour managing them and then like sitting on stage while they're performing like I just love that those are the moments (laughs) for me where it's like all of the sleepless nights and all the freaking stress and all of that makes it so worth it same here Yeah. yeah and to add to that like I like when we first started this, honestly, we were not in this at all for the money. We're still not in this for the money at all. Like mm-hmm. we put in a lot of our own money into this business to like keep the website running and keep all of these software subscriptions running. Like, you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we just really wanted to add value to others and just help others, you know, just like reach their goals of like getting on a show or like, I don't know, getting on yeah. a label. And like, it's just so cool when we go to these shows, like we go to Red Rocks and we're like, oh my God, we discovered this person two years ago. And they were literally right. just in their bedroom producing yeah. and now they're playing Red Rocks. Like, it's just, it's so, so cool crazy. to like have that sort of full circle moment with these artists where they're like, wow, mm-hmm. two years ago, I never envisioned that this would happen. And it's just cool to be able to live that moment with them. So I just, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's it's what, exciting to me. <laughs> one of my favorite things is like growing with the artists too. So we pride ourselves in like finding the undiscovered talent first and then- mm-hmm. Like Vastiv, for instance, I think that we yeah had him on a mix like I don't know twenty twenty one twenty twenty yeah we had him on a mix Damn. yeah and then now look at him like he's touring with Sullivan King or like yeah Perry Wayne was on a mix in May of twenty twenty like it's just cool to be day ones with people mm-hmm. yeah and it's you establish that relationship with I'm so there for that too because you just establish that relationship with them and then it's like you said it's cool to grow with them but then I feel like they're so appreciative and you can connect Mm -hmm. with them at like, I don't know if this has happened to you guys too, but like I've interviewed a lot of the same people like multiple times, but it's such a cool feeling because they stay in touch with you. And even if I I don't like to bother people, but even if I reach out to them now, they're like, oh yeah, of course, like come say hi, or like, let's do another interview in person. And it's like really, really awesome to see like the start of the relationship. Like you said, like when they're coming up to like watch them grow and then that they still like appreciate what you did for them in the beginning. It's like, a, it's just very mm-hmm. like, I don't know, cool exchange that you have with them. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Vastiv, for instance, he said that he appreciated us so much that a couple months ago, he wrote us a song for our podcast. Wow. Intro. Just like out of the kindness of his heart. He was like, y'all have done so much for me. Like here, here. That's and just so gave sick. us like a custom ID. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's like the <laughs> ultimate goal. That's so right. cool that that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> a custom ID. Yeah. But it's like- true. Oh my God. And how do you, how does it feel being in Denver too? I wanted to ask that because I, I haven't been oh, there God. yet, but just it has how the scene always, <laughs> yeah, has the scene always been like fucking massive or do you, have you noticed in the last few years that it's just like the central point, like honestly for bass music? Yeah. I mean, growing up here, like it was always dubstep. Like this was the place, like I grew up, mm-hmm. I was in 10th grade listening to 12th planet. Cause he would always come yeah. here and play <laughs> with like all those boys. So it's always been the base capital of America at least. Um, but recently I feel like before COVID it was popping off COVID happened kind of died down a little, but that kind of created a bubbling resurgence. And now it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, girl, there's like four, there's sometimes like four or five shows a night and three of them will be dubstep. And then there's now multiple groups throwing after parties. Um, It's just like a thriving hub. I feel like we're just Mm -hmm. so blessed to live here and have that niche because you really can't find it anywhere else in America, the way that it's done here in Denver. Right, right, right. What are some of the big, because I still, like I said, I haven't been there. Like Red Rocks is like top of my friggin' list to get out there. But if people are visiting the area, are there like certain venues that you guys would recommend for base shows? Well, obviously Red Rocks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. as you know. Um, honestly, Base Ops is also a really good venue. Vine, um, Club Vinyl. Yeah, and Club Vinyl. And we also just met these guys. They throw, they're with Offbeat. And they throw these really sick after parties. Um, it's called it's at the hideout. That's what the venue is called. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like really popping off right now. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it's really blowing up. So their parties usually start at like 11 p.m. <laughs> and they go until like 6 a.m. basically. Like yeah. true after party in Denver. And it's like in this like warehouse in the middle sick. of nowhere. <laughs> It's cool because you know how, like we were talking about, you attract like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Well, so these guys also do Elevate 08, which is like a pretty big merch company. They do a yep. lot of big artists merch. Um, so they started Offbeat. We didn't even know who they were or that they lived in Denver until like New Year's Eve, I think they were throwing an after-party show. And um, shout out Bry, he invited us to that. We didn't even get to make it out to one of their shows until last Thursday. So we were kind of like chatting with them the okay. last few months, saw them in Miami, went out with them in Miami. But we didn't even get to go to one of these shows until last Thursday. And now we're like, oh my God, like this is the hot new spot. These guys are in it for the right reasons, doing the right things as promoters. So that's awesome. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're amazing. So anyone in Denver, if you're looking for afters after Red Rocks, wherever it is, (laughs) definitely go check out these shows because they're doing, yeah, like Chrissy said, they're doing it right. So hell yes. Oh my gosh. I've actually, I've seen it's funny that you mentioned them too, because they also like entered my like world recently too, and through social media, of course. But I think like, are are they doing a podcast as well? I think they yeah. were doing like an interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I saw their which we will be on next month. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, cool. It's so it's just funny like how like all the worlds like kind of collide all over all of that stuff. But yeah, I just saw some of their stuff recently too. But and Lizzie Jane, I know, is based. Mm-hmm. And Denver yeah. doing her podcast. So yeah, you guys have a good crew out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Endless things to do. Like we always joke, like I'm staying in on this Friday. Don't yeah. ask me to go anywhere. And then it's like Friday at 12 and we're like at church or something. Yeah. No, 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 no. So like after Miami music week, <laughs> Chrissy and I, we were just so, we were like the walking dead. We look like zombies literally. Yeah. And we had to go to work the following day. Well, at least I had to, and Chrissy was lucky enough to work from home, but I had to go drive to my office. And I remember my coworkers were all looking at me like, how are you alive right now? And I'm like, don't ask, do not talk to me. 
Yeah. No, um, not good. <laughs> yeah. And Chrissy and I, we were like, we're not going to any shows in April. We're going to take it easy this month. <laughs> then we were at the summer. afters till 5 a.m. on Thursday. And then we went to the afters again on Saturday. <laughs> and hard. Red Rocks. It's a part of it though. Cause I, I mean, I do, I definitely want to like chat with you guys about music, but really quickly, just as far as like traveling goes as well. Cause obviously with managing your jobs and then doing this, like I cut, I feel like a lot of the really incredible things do happen in person because it's just like that one-to-one connection, even just meeting like your subscribers, I'm sure is a cool feeling like in person too, but the in-person interviews versus like online, it's just like a totally different energy at shows or at Miami music week or at festivals. Um, so how often do you guys travel and do you guys try to like prioritize that if you can? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just like really quickly, Yessie and I usually go somewhere every month, I would say. Um, most of the time it's for EDM, but we also love traveling on our own and we try to mix like our international travel. We'll like hit up our international dubstep friends and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I would say like we do try to send it out of state at least once a month usually. Mm-hmm. It's usually very last minute too. Um, mm-hmm. My last job, it was all remote. Um, Blazy Susan, not so much right now, just because I'm still newer to the job, but mm-hmm. eventually it will get to a point where we'll be able to start working remotely, but also combining like partnerships with Lazy Susan and other festival events. So like, it'll be nice to be able to combine, you know, those passions together. So, but yeah, we love traveling. Like last year we went to four countries. We went to Iceland, Italy, and Malta and Keizo. Since we used to work for him at Welcome Records, he was playing at a festival in Italy. So Mm. Chrissy and I decided to go meet up with him over there in Lake Como. (laughs) and wow. festival and Illinium played there which is sick too so like holy crap yeah. what festival was that nameless mm-hmm. oh i'll have to look that one. Oh my yeah. god i can't even imagine going to a festival in italy that sounds amazing oh my gosh. <laughs> it's always really special when you can combine international travel with like the edm stuff mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm kind of i'm skipping ahead a little bit but how <laughs> how is the scene over there compared to here because i obviously i know like depending on where you go, like house and techno is just a huge part of the culture there. But what's the bass music scene like when you go to like Italy? Oh my gosh. Well, they were worshiping Keizo over there. I mean, there was a huge crowd for him. There was like 20,000 diehards over there. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I will say it was really funny. Have you been to Tomorrowland? No, I haven't done any European festivals oh yet. I know. Okay. We're Hit slacking. us up when you do though, because <laughs> we'll have tons of recommendations. Okay, sweet. Um, Really quickly. Yeah. Tomorrowland, when we went to the base stage, there was like one day, one, maybe two mm-hmm. days worth of like the base stage. And it was all Americans. It was so funny. <laughs> um, There were just like people with American flags at the uh, base stage in Tomorrowland. So interesting. Yeah. But I mean, Yessie, you can probably speak on that as well. Like just given some of the artists we've interviewed who are European. Yeah. I mean... I've heard the bass scene out there. Like we haven't really experienced it that much personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in Hungary, mm-hmm. uh, Budapest, I heard that in Budapest, it's like really growing out there and thriving. And France and Germany, those are some countries that are also really big on dubstep. Mm-hmm. We personally just haven't experienced the bass scene out there. But right. just from artists we've interviewed, like Samplifier and Ivory, Dr. Ushu, you know, the they're French always- boys. Yeah. You know, I think uh, Rampage is also in Belgium. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's huge as well for like drum and bass and for dubstep, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have their their own little like sectors of everything, because obviously, like um, I've had 
like hard style or hard dance conversations. And like that is a whole section. And it's so funny to me to watch like other YouTubers vlogs. Like I'll, I like to pop into festival vlogs of like hard dance festivals just to see the culture and like what yeah. it's like. And it just blows my mind how, how different it is compared to here. But at Tomorrowland, that's interesting to hear that it was all Americans. Cause I would pick like, because so many of the genres are represented there. I know that they still have like a hard dance presence, but I would imagine that's probably all the Europeans, oh <laughs> like the God. hard style stages. Yeah. Well, it's funny because our business partner, Joe, is actually getting ready to leave for the Netherlands tomorrow because they're okay. going to a huge hard dance festival called Rebirth this weekend. And um, he's the one who got kind of got us into hard dance, like super, super after we started working together in 2020. And so he's the reason why we have filthy beat inspectors, not just Dubs of FBI, because mm-hmm. we were like, how funny would it be if we did hard dance FBI, right? Or like house Ooh. FBI. Yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of where the idea came from. Ah, okay. And can you explain that kind of like ethos a little bit? So dubstep FBI came first, correct? And then Mm -hmm. filthy beat inspectors. How did that come about? Yeah. So dubstep FBI came first, mostly because like we had a bunch of friends who would just throw down like heavy dubstep while we were in person and we'd party and they'd chop rhythm and stuff. And so that came first. And then we were like, FBI, what does that stand for? Filthy beat inspectors. And so once we kind of realized that FBI could stand for something that could relate to more than just dubstep, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we should probably grab the social handle for filthy yeah. beaters <laughs> and just run with that because we have a lot of content, you know, house videos, hard style videos, mm-hmm. like that kind of content. That's where it has a home now. Love that. So that, yeah, that that's very, very smart though, because then you can kind of like branch off and do other things. Do you have a, other than dubstep, like what would be like your top three genres that you guys <laughs> listen to? Oh my God. Right now I'd say, so other than dubstep, definitely mm-hmm. heart style, techno. Um, I do love drum and bass, but I'm also listening to some trance right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. I guess I'd say top three, dubstep, techno and heart style. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would say so too. Yeah, I yeah. love <laughs> trance music though. Like when I was in high school, we would always stream the Ultra Miami ASOT stage, like for the eight mm. hour stream, we would just sit there and listen to the trance sets all day. Yeah. And so I love trance music. There's a special place in my heart. So hard dance, dubstep, acid techno and trance really right now. I'm also on a house Ooh. kick now after Miami Music Week. Hell yes. See, this is why I'm glad because even like when I'm looking at your pages and your playlists and even the interviews, like I didn't recognize a single fucking name. (laughs) I was like, this is why I need you guys here to educate me because I don't listen to bass music the most. I actually really enjoy it like live and Mm -hmm. I like going to festivals that give you like a mix of genres so that you can go to what you want to see. But I'm like learning from your platform, which is awesome because I'm seeing these names that I, yeah, like I don't recognize, which is really, really cool. But if you could kind of pinpoint where we're at right now in the United States with dubstep and bass music, like where do you think we are in the scene right now? Yeah, I I have a take on that. I think that we're at like the, like we're in a real hype stage right now. So like the dubstep artists who are popping off right now are the ones who make the sound that people can like slam rails to. It's like mm-hmm. that repetitive, like 140 <laughs> type, like it's really repetitive. And so it has this certain sound. It's like Louis J, Resurrect, Antihero, like Lays, that kind of stuff right now is like mm-hmm. really, really buzzing. Um, but I also think that we're at a point where artists are realizing that it's okay to start making music that doesn't fit a specific mold. So like you'll see dubstep artists are having first two drops dubstep and then the third one is like hard dance. 
Mm-hmm. Or like they're starting to realize that they can mix genres into songs and have it be cool and that fans will actually be receptive of it. So I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah, I, I think it's just great that artists are exploring other subgenres of EDM and not just sticking to, you know, like one subgenre because they feel like they have to. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's how a lot of a lot of artists were at some point, especially during COVID. They were just putting out what they felt like people needed to hear. But I feel like now more artists are starting to branch out mm-hmm. into what feels right. And that's what we tell our artists too. Like mm-hmm. some of them are like, oh, I don't know, like this is this type of style that I've always put out. So I feel like that's just what I need to put out. Like, no. Just right. do whatever feels right. And like, if it doesn't work out or no, if a label doesn't sign it, then on to the next, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just keep going, just keep doing whatever, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just keep fueling that creativity and anything that we can do to support you, you know, yeah. we'll do whatever we can. So just do what feels right. That's really what it is. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm I'm so there with you though on like mixing of genres though because even now when I do like lineup reviews of festivals, if there's names I don't recognize, I'll like go to Spotify, I'll check out a couple of their tracks. And it's really interesting to me when I get to those artists who like I'll play three or four of them and I can't pinpoint their genre. Like that excites me because I'm like, oh, okay, wait, I'm not yeah. sure if you're techno because you kind of sound like electronic music in general I don't know I think I think it's interesting yeah. and even I think Jean, I can't remember the track that Jeannie has but there's mm-hmm. one of her tracks where it almost is like a really almost like side trance That's kind the of drop one probably yeah the one yeah. with Mad Girl yeah Friends I with the Dead lo- yes, we heard yes, that as a demo <laughs> and we were like we have to sign this like that was yeah. one of our favorite releases last summer oh I'm so glad to hear that it's so yeah. it's a surprise mm-hmm. and it's good for the audience to, like they get excited to hear that stuff too because I think ev- everyone is like a well-rounded individual where they don't just listen to one genre mm-hmm. all and the you'll time see <laughs> artists are now doing like special like sets as a different alias and stuff mm-hmm. like that which I think is going to probably probably take off yeah. yeah any do you guys have any favorite aliases because I'm so here for that like conversation too oh my gosh that's one I probably should have prepped for because I know there's some <laughs> there that go. I listen to but I can't even pinpoint I'll put you on. on the spot I know <laughs> <laughs> well if you know like um rated r for example uh rated r is known for like his tear out you know throwing crazy mosh pits and like all these crazy dubstep sets mm-hmm. and when he came to Denver last time he literally played this really sick like just very hyped dubstep set in the beginning and then he ended like the last 10 minutes with like techno and like hard dance and like Mm. just this crazy side trance drops and like the crowd was just going crazy Mm. and that's like that's what I love about Denver too I feel like maybe there's some other cities where people won't reciprocate that very well but Mm -hmm. here in Denver you can play anything you want and people will go crazy for it like they don't care right (laughs) they're here for it right Oh, I like that. What about Wooly? Have you got I haven't seen it yet, but he does his like house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stumpy. That's a big <laughs> one. Yeah. We we saw him perform here. Wait, what it was like a couple months ago or last fall, I think. He played a Wooly show and then he also did a Stumpy afters or a Stumpy show at Larimer Lounge. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um Lay's Sabrita's. Mm-hmm. Right. She was there too. Yeah. That's her that's her other alias, Sabrita's. Oh, I know she had one. Like mm-hmm. it was like Sabrina's and Stumpy. <laughs> so oh, like both of their house okay. aliases on a show. <laughs> okay. So it's house music. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm so here for that too. And it, sometimes I feel like you get it a lot. I like the bigger festivals where they're able to like throw in those sets. Like I know like with obviously with EDC just being announced, like Slanders playing there before dawn oh, yeah. set, which is their like techno Ooh. thing that people are very excited about to like see how that goes. Um, but I remember last year it was, a, I wanted to see it and I didn't get there, but um 
Little Texas has a techno alias. Diamond like Dallas. Diamond Dallas. <laughs> yes, we were there for that. I love it. Oh, how was that? I got it. It was cool. It was a freaking vibe on the art car. Like those art car sets are some of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Agreed. It's just fun. It's like fun to like watch people experiment and like do something that they wouldn't like you wouldn't expect. But same thing for them. Like if, if it's something that they listen to or just want to experiment with, mm-hmm. like why the fuck not? I'm with it. Like put yeah. the music out, you know? If you don't want to put it out under your rhythm alias, make a new alias. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Exactly. Oh, okay. With it. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm like on a roll with these hot takes for you guys. So what do you, what do you think of like when we get to like a Lost Lands and they do a pre-party with John Summit back-to-back Subtronics? Like what is your take on stuff oh like that God. starting to happen? Dude, that was lit. I'm here for it. I love it. (laughs) It was cool to see John Summit wandering around Lost Lands, not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah. I remember we were just like um, in like the the pit area at the Mm -hmm. main stage where some of the art, like after that whole back to back, we were in that pit area and John Summit was just literally right there in front of us. And we so badly wanted to say hi to him, but mm-hmm. we didn't want to be those girls because like everyone like yelling in the crowd, in his ear. right? <laughs> everyone in the crowd was like John, John, like taking selfies with him, and we we're Aww. just like, yeah, 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 yeah. don't overwhelm. <laughs> or like Lost Land. So the cool thing about Lost Lands last year was that yeah, he had the hard dance stage, right? Or like the one day with the hard dance artists. Mm-hmm. Something that I noticed was that in the two-hour excision set. He played dubstep, but he also played house, D&B, and a little bit of hard dance. And so I thought it was cool that he made an effort to incorporate those subgenres into his set. And then he mm-hmm. also created a home for them elsewhere in the festival. I thought it was really creative. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they continue to do there because I know like friends who are are diehard hard Lost Lands people and they were saying this past year, like they kind of have that like one I'm not sure if it's one day or the whole weekend, but they have like the house artist play. And they were saying the Dr. Fresh set was like literally one of the most fucking packed sets of the whole weekend. And they said it was just like one of their favorite things. And I was like, there's something about that type of house music, though, that's like a little like bouncier and dirtier that I don't know, like there's a nice crossover Mm -hmm. between the genres there, too. So it's I think it's interesting that they're throwing that in the mix of that festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think too, it's just good to mix up the genres a little bit just because I love dubstep. Obviously, like we have a company in dubstep that's literally, mm-hmm. that literally has the word in the company name. <laughs> <laughs> but like it three days in a row or pretty much four days in a row of just dubstep, like mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to switch it up a little bit to like these other subgenres where you can still combine the two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Chrissy said earlier, where there's some artists who will have like two dubstep drops in the beginning and then a side trance or a techno drop later. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to Resurrect's uh, New Breed mm-hmm. remix, News Flash, I think it's New Flash, right? And he did like a remix or for the Kato. sickness, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Resurrect track, the sickness. Um, yeah, he did a really really sick dubstep drop, and then the end of it, it's like this really really cool like side trance drop. So like. Mm. that's what I love (laughs) interesting okay and then my my last like hot take for you guys what about the obviously like right now you have like sudden death who I feel like is kind of at the top of his game just with like his own individual shows and projects and different like name sets that he I forget what the one at EDC void Void was one but now it's in the inferno into the inferno is like this new thing I don't know what it is but like what about that level? Like you've Marauda, I, I don't know any off the top of my head, but like the really, really, really heavy like bass music. What are your thoughts on that? It's an experience. That's for sure. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> hey, if that's what they're passionate about, 
I'm here for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like not really, it's not really my thing. Um, it is for a lot of people though. Like you can mm-hmm. definitely feel the energy in the crowd. Like I remember we were watching sudden deaths, like void set at lost lands and it was completely different from like other sets that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Whereas we saw him again at Miami music week at the outro show. And he played like a 3 a.m. set and it was like just a regular sudden death set. That mm-hmm. one was super heavy. Everyone was headbanging. Whereas his void set is more of an experience where people are just kind of like, you know, just not really headbanging. They're just kind of watching like the visuals yeah. are insane. The fireworks right. and the pyro, like it's just more of an experience. Yeah. I guess you can say. there's like theatrics to it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my, my take as well is like, I'll go see a void set at Lost Lands because I love the pyro and I love the fireworks and like the actual, um, it's like a play. It's like theatrical, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm not going to stream that stuff in my headphones. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like I'll, I'll enjoy it in person, but yeah, same here. Yeah, but like, good point. Yeah, <laughs> big, yeah. Big, di- big difference between yeah <laughs> right. what you're watching live versus what you're listening to at home. Exactly. Oh yeah. my god, and I feel that. <laughs> and that's the same thing too with heart style. Like I always tell a lot of people that like once you watch it live, it's a whole different experience than like just right. playing it in your car or just like me showing it to you in person at first on the phone. Like because right. we're trying to convert a lot of our friends to heart style. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a much more different experience, like watching it in person than like just listening to a random mm-hmm. hard dance drop that sounds like construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's no meaning behind a raw style song for someone <laughs> off the street. Whereas for us, it's like our artists make raw style. And like, we know some of the artists in the mm-hmm. scene and like we traveled to Europe and seen it and stuff. So you kind of have to have like the layers of experience with the genre in order to like it. Yes. That's definitely a good way of putting it. I, yeah. Like having that entry. Cause even at like an EDC Vegas where there's a wasteland stage who like, maybe that's somebody's first exposure to it or like stumbling upon it for the first time. And same thing. I feel like my friends were like, okay, well, we need to get you to like a happy hardcore set to get you yes. in the window. Then we'll like take mm-hmm. you to one of the, and I feel the like the raw yeah. style up tempo ones. Those <laughs> yeah, are yeah, yeah. We gotta we're still worried on that. Um, but it, it like I agree, like helps to kind of like work your way up to it if you don't want to like dive right in. Um, but Given that you guys are discovering people all the time, I did want to like give you the floor to also like hype up any artists that you think like totally deserve the credit right now or underrated or coming up. Like who should we have our eyes on? Oh, sister. (laughs) Girl, we got a long ass list. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll name some off the top of my head right now that I can think of. So definitely Antihero, which we've Mm -hmm. mentioned briefly a little bit. He's an artist that we're managing and like, he submitted one of his songs to our dubstep slappers playlist. And I remember when I first heard it, it's called suffocate with void doom. Void doom is another really good artist. I was just like, what the hell, Chrissy? Like, listen you to this. You showed it to slap. me. Uh, I was like, listen to this slapper of a track that we just got submitted for our dubstep slappers playlist. And we both were just like playing it on repeat for like <laughs> days and days. And he just kept putting out heat and we were like, all right, we need to pick up this guy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's yeah. one um resurrect so anyone who doesn't know resurrect then clearly you're not in the dubstep scene because he's amazing (laughs) and Mm -hmm. future exit is also another really good one um there's one that you showed me the other day chrissy kreicher oh kreicher yeah out of montreal yeah these montreal boys are crazy him and then izzy vadum as well it's on my list like he's so slept on but he's a freaking amazing producer yeah um and And then 
<laughs> Invert, yeah, out of Mexico City. They're just like making some of the best ups up in the game right now. Um, and then also Thrasha. So she's an artist out of Denver here. She is making like biking rhythm type stuff. So she's a hot one to watch right now as well. But, okay, run that back for me real quick. <laughs> biking rhythm, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so it, it has like, like you I listen to it. it and it has like deep vocals where you can picture like a Viking guy, like okay, getting ready to go off and sail the seven seas in the dark with like rough <laughs> tides in Norway yeah. or something. Okay, and like, okay. yeah, it's like it's very similar to some of the stuff that you would hear on Disciple Roundtable, like Samplifier and and that kind of stuff. So it's really cool that a female is making that as well. Sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Well, I'm definitely gonna get a list from you guys and like, and we'll get like playlists yeah. linked and everything as Let's well. But it. it's it's so cool. And like you mentioned, so a couple people from Montreal. So like, what? How do you? So many people discover music through your platform, but like, what are you guys looking at? How do you like discover artists? I mean, it's like social media. I feel like seeing who the artists that we know are collabing with. And then also like the freaking Spotify radios. Um, We have our street team helps curate the slappers every Friday. So like seeing what they put in the playlist Mm-hmm. Our like, yes, you said we listen to all the submissions that we get. So that's how we discover music too. Um, yeah. Release radar. That's a huge mm-hmm. one. Um, so like any artist that anyone recommends, or like, if I hear one song that I like, I'll follow their Spotify playlist or f- their Spotify pro- profile. Mm-hmm. So that way, anytime a new song comes out, it pops yeah. up on my release radar. Um, even just on SoundCloud lately, what I've been doing is like, if I find a new song, I'll stream it, add it to my playlist, and then I'll find more tracks like that. And then mm-hmm. it'll show me other songs that are similar to that subgenre, but that were released recently. So that's mm-hmm. how I discover more tracks. And like lately, any tracks that we really like, we started making YouTube visualizers. So mm-hmm. we'll just pop them up on YouTube. And so people probably already noticed that we've been publishing a, a fuck ton of visualizers. <laughs> yeah. <there. laughs> but it's just tracks that we love, basically. Yeah. Like anything that pops off and makes us just makes our base face yeah. activated and make a visualizer for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we make a point too of like if it's an upcoming artist who doesn't have a big following, like we make a point of tagging them and being like this song is sick, mm-hmm. you guys should follow this person. Like that's my favorite thing to do is like hype yeah, other artists up. No, those are all I was going to ask you a little bit about SoundCloud cuz I feel like that's something that um I kind of sleep on a little bit. I like to do now um Michael Berg who's the founder of Halloween and North Coast. Like he Yeah. um he recommended to me which I didn't usually do. Like I get the Spotify recommendations and playlists, but when you actually go to the radio of like a specific track, mm-hmm. I've been doing that more. So rather than like the artist's radio, if I just like a track, I'll like hit the little button and go to like the radio of that track so it recommends similar sounds. So I've been using that a lot. Um but I definitely I need to like explore more on SoundCloud for sure. That's where I listen to most of my sets, I think. Mm-hmm. It's really part. good for sets and like the mixes too. What's super cool is that our mix series has kind of become known as like the place to find IDs. Mm-hmm. So like we love putting out a mix full of all IDs and like I always ask them for the track list. So that goes in there. Mm-hmm. It's more of just like finding those songs that are unpublished or like that you only get sure. live and stuff. It's really cool. And how often like are you reaching out to artists to do mixes like is that something that because I imagine it's even hard to get out of people too now that like obviously COVID's over people are busy they have schedules and tours and things like that is it hard to like put together the mix compilations that you do that's actually like one of my favorite things I would say Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. what were you gonna say Yessie it's pretty easy I'd say 
Okay. Um, it's mostly just homies that like are up and coming and maybe we did an article for them. Like they reached out and they're like, Hey, I have this track coming out. I'm right. Like, okay. Would you guys be interested in doing a mix series? We love what you guys been putting out lately and you know, just go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like, I don't know. We usually just, it just happens. <laughs> the cool okay. thing about the mix series and like we set the standard back in like late 2020, I think we were like, okay, the mix series is about discovering talent. Like this is where we put on actual producers who make their own music. Mm-hmm. Whereas the podcast series that we have is about interviewing established artists and getting like tips out of them and like advice and stuff like that. So it's like two very mm-hmm. different um, people that we feature on each one. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it though, because I think in a way, even just through like SEO as well, just like on YouTube and where you're putting your interviews, like having more recognizable names probably helps with that discovery Mm. of the podcast. Um, But then there's like something really amazing about the SoundCloud mixes and then having people. And I'm sure like there's have like other dubstep artists and bass artists reached out to you with like feedback on like discovering music through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We always get people, someone told us they discovered Vastive through us and we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even like Lays, a lot of people told us that they discovered Lays through her mix series with us. And like, that's awesome. even just like our interviews, people are like, wow, I had no idea who this person was, but I love their story or like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that this person had this sort of interest. Like we have very similar backgrounds. Like they're just like normal people. They're just like me or something. Yeah. That's really that's our awesome. ultimate goal is just to help other people realize that these are just normal people too and you can do Mm -hmm. it too you know Mm -hmm. you can do it yeah one of our core values is elevating those who are chasing their dreams Mm -hmm. so we always like we are attracted to people who are hustling and chasing dreams and like have a vision and stuff yeah so we love doing that Big. Okay. Yeah. And then, so for 2023 now, as if you guys aren't doing fuck enough, <laughs> what are like, what are big picture goals? I don't even want to say five years ahead, but like a year or two from now, like, what do you guys really want to focus on and, and grow? Yeah. I mean, just right off the bat, we're trying to get to 20 K on Insta. So hopefully we can hit that by the end of the year. Um, I hear that goal? rave culture cast audience. <laughs> Go follow. Them. Stop what you're doing and yeah. follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And Pause TikTok. this talk. Pause this video right now and follow us. (laughs) That That, and then my biggest goal that I have for Dubs of FBI is to do a stage takeover like at Corona Beach at EDC Vegas, basically. So like, you know how Brownies and Lemonade does their stuff. We're not like we don't throw shows. A lot of people try to ask us to throw shows and stuff, but we don't do that. We we help spread the word about shows, Mm -hmm. but we you know, I really want to do like a stage takeover at a festival. I feel like that would be where I'm like, yeah, I freaking made it with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that that will happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but like, also to add to that, I would just love to just like, we've been talking to some promoters about, you know, having them fly us out to their shows and like do interviews on site. Like recently we did one with the grocery boys and 11th house. Shout mm-hmm. out those guys. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, it was in Arizona in Phoenix. So I don't know if you saw our recent reel that we posted of like Chrissy was like in the video being like you're under arrest and she had like a flashlight and like <laughs> you know like the whole FBI outfit and she's like you're coming with me and, like, <laughs> and then we had like the headphone set and everything like yeah. you know we just want to be like actual FBI agents at a show just doing cool shit with our friends and just mm-hmm. fucking around you know and just kind of yeah. like you know just like you're under arrest for the filthy set that you just played you know like, <laughs> yeah, and like right cool. like yeah like yeah. right actual citations and like mm-hmm. 
after doing that in Phoenix, now we have people coming up to us and being like, Hey, we want to fly you out to the show nice. to do what you just did in Phoenix. Yeah. And like, it'd be cool to just be able to do that for a little yeah. travel, like fly yeah. us to rampage and just be the FBI at rampage, like <laughs> writing citations and stuff and have like a videographer yeah. follow us around. I don't know. A hundred percent. Oh, that's yeah. going to happen. That's it's so turning into like, it's turning into us being characters now, which okay. we never thought that would ever be a thing. Like the brand in itself is cool because it's like investigating beats and stuff. But now it's like we're inve- we're the investigators and people right. want us to arrest them. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. I tweeted today and I, was yeah. like, I never thought so many people would be asking me to arrest them. It's like so every funny. artist. Yeah. So funny. Even but it is, it's a yeah. series. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's like the interesting part of just like adding social media into the mix. Like sometimes it could literally just take a funny or creative series that like takes off for you. And now that's like the thing you're known for. So yeah, yeah. you never know. <laughs> Literally like we'll comment on people's Instagram posts or just tweet at them. Like you're under arrest and people will freak <laughs> out. Like, Oh my God, the FBI is investigating me. The FBI approved. <laughs> yeah. It's so oh, funny. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Keep that branding going. I think that's so <laughs> right. fun to like explore throughout the year and just it's all like a test, like experimenting with like these different posts and stuff you're trying. Like you just never know what's going to like kind of take, take off or how people are going to find you. So you might as well like try doing that stuff and you're having fun doing it, which is the best part. Yeah. Like some of our TikToks, like there's a video of us just dancing in the car that has a quarter million plays. And we're like, how the heck? Yeah. (laughs) Like you never know which one it's going to be. It's always the ones you don't think that hard about that do that. Yeah. Not the ones that you work really fucking hard for. <laughs> right? <laughs> you I film know. it in like two seconds and then it pops off. Yeah. yeah. TikTok is like one of the only platforms I still don't understand the mm-hmm. algorithm. So I yeah. just better, they better not stuff. ban that shit. I'm going to be pissed if they ban that in America. I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm, I've been doing content creation for like a little over six years. And like, I, I think it's important to obviously like, be on all of the platforms and try at least like see what feels good to you in the end like try them all and then like see what's manageable for you and what you enjoy and like tiktok's one of those things i'm glad i'm on it and i want to continue doing doing it just because of the discoverability on it right now and i think it's a really cool platform but like youtube is just my home Mm -hmm. and where i started and i still am a big like viewer on youtube as well and i just feel like i resonate with my audience best there so i've even like discovered as a creator or like struggled in the past year of being like, don't force yourself to be a TikTok creator if you're not yeah. a TikTok creator. Like if you are YouTube or your podcast, like mm-hmm. long form is for you. And yeah, that may just be how yeah. it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think they actually like might've actually taught me that in journalism school. They were like, um, if you're good on Twitter, focus on Twitter. Like there's no right. reason to like do the spread where you're only giving each platform 33%. You know, you should yeah. give your all to one platform and freaking blow up on that platform. I think yeah. this to myself all the time. But that's a great point about Twitter, though, because there are some people mm-hmm. who are like born for yeah. that, like that platform and completely excel at it. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I think about this all the time. I'm like, just go just go all in on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. That's where I think I might have first discovered you as well there. And then obviously TikTok, Same here. But yeah, yeah. YouTube's got a great it's just it's it's evergreen content. And I feel like you just build such a strong like connection with your subscribers. Um when you're doing long form content or the podcast, like people just spend mm-hmm. so much more time with you. So, you know, if they're watching a 20 minute video or a 15 minute vlog, like they're clearly engaged with you as a creator. Yeah. Right. 
but it's worth trying you, everything. <laughs> I don't know how you do it by yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I literally don't know how I would do all this without Chrissy. Like, I wouldn't I'm do it without Yessie. Yeah, <laughs> it would just feel very lonely, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say in the beginning though, but it's awesome to see like the relationship that you guys have together, and I definitely like want to stay in touch because it's when you do it by yourself, even just navigating like decisions or monetization mm-hmm. or partnerships, like it is tricky to do all that by yourself. There's no like playbook of how we, <laughs> how you yeah. run your page. So even working with a yeah. coach is helpful sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And we're here too. Like if you ever like have questions for us or like, we'll come to you with questions about YouTube probably, or like anything. Yes. I mean, we do these interviews with people like Babs and Samir and Alec and them. And mm-hmm. now I feel like these are our people. Like we just get it, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, I'm so excited. Okay. So plug where everybody can find you, connect with you, anything you got going on right now. Ooh, yeah. I mean, like we said, um, we know you have your phone right in front of you. So pull it out <laughs> and go to at DubSwiftBI on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. And we're on Facebook too. Yeah. Beautiful. YouTube. You can just type in Filthy Beat Inspectors as well, and you'll find us. Uh, you'll find us on Spotify as well. So if you want to go and uh, check out our playlist. Yep. I don't even know what the name of our playlist is. <laughs> hit that, hit <laughs> we'll that follow like, button. It's like filthy beat inspectors. You'll find like the podcast profile, but you'll also find the um, actual Spotify profile. And okay. there's like eight playlists in there. So it has like, Sick. it has a heart style playlist in there. So if you want to discover yeah. some heart style. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, hell yeah. There. We'll get you all the mm-hmm. love and support in the world, guys. Go follow uh, check out the playlist. I will have everything linked down below. Uh, ladies, this was so awesome chatting with you guys. Yes, Definitely want to have yes. you back at some point to, <laughs> to keep going with the conversation. But um, yeah, Chrissy and Yessie, hang tight. Everybody else, I will be back to wrap up the episode. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> All right, fam. Thank you so much for checking out today's interview with Chrissy and Yessi from Dubstep FBI. Again, if you want to check them out at Dubstep FBI on all their social platforms, you can also go to their website, dubstepfbi.com. I'm going to link all this down below. Um, Definitely go check out the playlist. And again, show them the Rave Culture cast love and support. Tell them that we sent you Go check out the artists they mentioned. Uh, I hope the bass heads listening enjoyed this episode because I know we got to show you guys some more love. Um, But they were fantastic. It was really, really awesome chatting with them today. And I really loved this conversation. So thank you guys so much for being here. You know the drill. If you want to support Rave Culture Cast, all you got to do is watch the episodes, stream them, share them with a friend. Um, If you want to connect with us, we are at Rave Culture Cast on all social media platforms. We have a Discord community and a Facebook if you guys want to engage with other members and join in on the community. Um, I always post announcements there first. I ask for feedback on episodes and get, you know, polls and things that you guys can engage in on the groups. So definitely feel free to check those out. Um, Would love to have you in those. And of course, we're available on all streaming platforms as well as YouTube if you guys want to watch the episodes here or on Spotify. Thanks again to Loop Earplugs for sponsoring today's episode. All my affiliate links will be down below if you guys want to support us that way. Appreciate y'all being here and I will see you next Wednesday with a new episode. Bye guys.